Hi, and welcome to the Brick Cave Media Podcast. I want to introduce you to Brick Cave author of Gold Magic, Platinum Magic, and the Profit Logbook series, Dr. Bruce Davis. And thank you, Sharon. And I'd like to introduce everyone to Brick Cave author of the Healers Trilogy, Collars and Curses, among other books, Ms. Sharon Skinner. So, Bruce... Sharon. Dr. Davis, <laughs> how's it going? Oh, it's been a uh, stressful month, to say the least. But wow. the writing is going well, so we'll That's stick to good. that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you know, I, I, everybody's having that sense of stress, but not like frontliners like you. So, yeah. We're, as I said in my Facebook post, if anyone's interested in seeking that out, we are stressed but not overwhelmed. That's good. So that's good to know. We're hanging in. It's good for us we're to know. We're hanging in. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, you know, I'm wearing my mask all the time now. So uh, I even I, answered I the have... door with it because I don't know who's there, and they don't know me. And you know, I think for most people, if I can editorialize for a moment before we get into actually talking about books and writing, if you are concerned, take precautions and don't go out. If you are likely to be a vector, as I and those of us in healthcare are, then by all means, wear your mask and limit your contacts. But when you get right down to it, the risk posed to an individual from a casual encounter bypassing someone on the street or in the grocery store is minimal. Not a good time to hang out in a closed airspace with a bunch of people you don't know, but that's basically what we have to worry about. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So I don't have to, uh, if I were to go out, which I don't because I'm not that guy anyway, and it's because it's summer, it's Arizona, right? It's like 100 million degrees out. But if I were to go out uh, to take a walk, I wouldn't need my mask necessarily if I'm walking alone in an area. Okay. But if I'm going to go into a an enclosed space with a number of people for any length of time, then safety suggests that I wear a mask. And limit your time in that environment. All right. Get good. in, get out, get your business done. Good to know. All right. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the writing since, you know, that's really what we're here for. Um, you know, we can't we can't really ignore the fact that the world exists outside, but um, let's just move on to what are you writing, Bruce? What are you working on? I'm currently working on the sequel to the Magic Law books. So I'm now into Silver Magic, which promises to be much more of a uh, political intrigue, um, as my characters call it, the high brass jingle. The high brass jingle, I like that. So so more politics, more um, sneaky secrecy, more not so nice stuff going on that they have to dig into than just the regular police procedural. That there, they... there will be the police procedural, but the real thing is the case will have very high um, interest among the political class, ah. which raises the stakes considerably. Yep. That's dangerous business, right? Exactly. Dangerous business. All right. How about well, you? Where are oh, you going well. right now? You know, I've been working on a couple of different things. I've been kind of bouncing around. So I'm doing several things right now. One is is that I'm working on uh, trying to fill out my uh, 
short fiction book that I have a cover for and have all these wonderful things. Um, Mark uh, Greenwald did this beautiful cover for me. And then when I went to pull all the material together, I realized I just don't have enough uh, that I still can get my hands wrapped around of that type of material. It's a little dark for me. It's it's not my usual um, standard fantasy. It's, it's, it's darker than that. And so a lot of it's flash fiction and shorter things that I've kind of done over the years. And when I do short fiction, it tends to go either really dark or um, sort of dark and funny, uh, or, you know, or humorous, but dark and funny. I kind of go dark and funny. I, so um, so the, one of the stories that I had originally done that with was, uh, is in the um, second future words, I think. Anyway, so it's my demon short, and I'm writing a second demon short, so I'm taking those characters, those same characters uh, from that, and writing another one, and I'm having some fun with that, and then I've done some other uh, things that are dark like that, and I'm also working on the next installment. I'm doing the editing on the Tavara Tinker, the next installment for Tavara Tinker, which has been sitting on the back burner for far too long. And uh, I got motivated to move forward on that uh, because, well, I need to do it. And also because I've been invited to uh, be at a book club that is steampunk focused So um, in August. So, so I, I wanted to have something special for them uh, to maybe give them a sneak peek. But I can't do that if it's not edited. And then I'm also working on my book coaching um, certification. So I will... As much as I do editing and book coaching for people uh, already, I'm actually working on a certification for that. So I will be certified. You're being much more ambitious and busy than I. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's mm, yes and no. I mean, you're working on your novel, and my novel is staring at me, giving me the side eye a lot. Uh, both of them, actually. I got really stalled out on the one because I finished – plotting it out and realize that it's been done before and it needs a big yes. change. I, mm -hmm. I stopped halfway through one of my profit logbooks novels because I realized that I was telling the same story all over again and I need to go somewhere else with that. So that's on the shelf. And every time I pick up the historical work, I go down the research rabbit hole yeah, that's... and go nowhere. <laughs> and that's very, very... I, it, it's fun. I know far more about women's fashions in the 1860s than any man has a right to know, but <laughs> it's not getting the book written. Right, right. But I bet it's fascinating. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing like what's portrayed by Hollywood either. So oh, no, they always no, get it wrong they... because, especially hair, because they always fix the hair way too well, you know, and things like that. And then they don't necessarily want the women to wear hats for the eras that they wore hats in. It's like, There's lots, yeah, of, things. lots um, of things. The uh, Just the volume of material that's available was astounding. Oh, I'm sure. Because um, yeah. I've done and, costuming, uh, so I've looked at... And, and that's where a lot of this comes out of, the costuming community. But uh, uh, when, when you're trying to both be accurate but have your character make a statement, it gets to be... <laughs> 
kind of interesting. Yeah, when uh, the last of our Tinker, uh, when we were working on it, I went a little bit down the rabbit hole on uh, Victorian fashion uh, because the character gets invited to, well, she's asked to an audience with the queen. And I had to figure out, well, what would she what would she be wearing, but what should she be wearing versus what should she be wearing? Because she has to be thinking about, well, I'm not dressed for this because she's she's really not. She just dropped everything and, and went over there. But um, so that was interesting. So I got to have some fun with that. And I dig in a lot to, you know, the decor of the palace at the time and, you know, and all of that stuff. So I know the rabbit hole of which you speak. It can be quite Quite deep. Deep and quite <laughs> and tortuous. Yes. Well, but it's fun, right? It's it's fascinating. If you like learning things. Yes. Yeah. So um speaking of some of the things that we've done uh in the past, we we do want to make sure that we mention that right now uh Brick Cave Media has a Kickstarter campaign out there for our audio um books ultimately the books that we've already written should be turned into audio books i think all of them should of all course. of them should and so right now there's a kickstarter and if you um if you're interested in contributing to the kickstarter or finding out more about it it's at kickstarter.brickcavemedia.com you can also google the kickstarter uh, brick cave media dial it to 11 and you'll see all the details. And I'm just going to say, uh, pick me, pick me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually be rather generous and say, pick Sharon, pick Sharon. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Let's just see how this thing works. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. No, I hear you. So, um, yeah, I've been listening to actually a lot of audiobooks lately. So it's so it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes forward. Because, you know, we have the Tavara Tinker th- uh, episodes, the, the first two episodes already on audio, and I would love to hear the books on audio, all of them. I'd love them to all, all the Brick Cave books, all the things. So, uh, what else? Um, so you've got uh, the profit book on the shelf. You're working profits on, on the shelf. I'm working on Silver, Silver Magic. Magic, and I'm slowly trying to come up with a way to get back into um, a couple of other short projects that I want to do, mostly short science fiction. Okay. I, I do tend to like doing that, uh, and I have five or six story ideas that haven't gone much beyond that, some of it prompted by current events and some by rediscovery of the classic masters of the 50s nice nice. so i'd i'd like to do kind of a take on some of heinlein's juveniles interesting my my brother likes to accuse me of writing like ray bradbury but he doesn't necessarily mean it in a good way (laughs) (laughs) if i could write like ray bradbury i would have no problem but i'll take it i'll take whatever you mean by that um when when I write my shorts, when, when I write short right, stories. Right, right. Um, so, you know, so I'll take well, that. I, I, I just finished that another short Bradbury's story. Bradbury's forte anyway. Uh, yeah. And, well, pretty much all his books were shorts that he compiled and made work as novels in a lot right, of ways, right? right? I mean, so 
Which, but they were still shorts. You yeah, just... they were still shorts. But they he did a brilliant job with it. You know, sort of like well, it's sort of like um, the um, story albums that that we were listening to in the seventies, right? In the sixties and seventies, like there was story albums or yeah, something like that. Well, you know the ones that always told a story. Oh right? yes, yes, okay, I get you. Yeah. Uh, we have a bunch of those tapes. It's still. The Moody Blues, you know, yes. they they the story. Yes. Um. So um. Do you have some events coming up? Anything? I wish I did. (laughs) This has been one of the hardest things about this time because I really get into going to book events. I enjoy discussing books with strangers, um, buttonholing people and getting them to buy my books. (laughs) But I also like doing panels sort of for their own sake. If you can get on a panel or get in a group of interesting people and talk about books. Yeah, I like Th- that there, too. There's nothing more fun to me than than that. Well, there are more fun things, but that's a very <laughs> much fun thing. And I really miss the fact that we don't have these cons, these book fairs, these events that we can go to. Um, to introduce people to Brick Cave, to our books, uh, and find out what else is going on in the world of publishing. Well, I agree. I, I, I'm doing a lot of online stuff right now, and I'm actually, I have a local library that did recently reach out and ask me if I would do a webinar for them, so I'm working on putting something together for that. And I wrote, a, I wrote an article for the uh, Tempe Library uh, Writer's Newsletter that's going out this month, so um, on writing. And that was fun to too, but I, I get what you're saying, you know, the, um, yeah, there's something about that hand selling and, and talking to fans and, and seeing those people and signing the books directly. I get that. It, it can be grueling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes but, it's but discouraging. There's, but there's parts but of it there's that are parts really, of it that, yeah, are yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, but, uh, the other thing that, that I have coming up is, um, I'm going to be talking with Louise Robertson, another Brick Cave author, on June 30th about um, separating the artist from the art. And this has come up, this is a topic that's come up because of, um, we're going to go back, we're going to talk a little bit about politics and ideologies and the way people are in the world. And, you know, if someone's beliefs are so drastically different than your own and they're, uh, uh, in your opinion, maybe ugly about it, um, can you separate them from the work, and how do you do that? So we're going to have a, a lively conversation via Zoom on uh, June 30th about that. And then um, you, I know you and I both have some stuff coming up, uh, some live Facebook Live. Live Facebook stuff discussions. Up, so. That, that yeah. should be kind of fun. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Moving right along. So, um so let's talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the headlines that have been in publishing lately. So have you seen this, uh, this publishing paid me, hashtag publishing paid I me? I have on not, Twitter? and I have not followed it. I don't, I'm not on Twitter at all. Okay. And so I, if stuff turns up there, I don't see it unless it comes up on some of the publishers' websites or Facebook or, uh, frankly, I've been doing an awful lot of, more than I should YouTube of late. Uh, well, I, I can understand that. I've been doing more podcasts lately. Uh, podcasts as well, but yeah. uh, my podcast selections have been 
not so much about publishing. I probably should seek that out a little bit more. I'm I'm dealing more with um, geopolitical history and uh, philosophy on on yeah. podcast listening right now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of running the gamut on it. Uh, so I have several uh, podcasts that I listen to that are wrapped around writing uh, that I'm particularly interested in and a couple that I'm just toying with. Also some other stuff that's come out, you know, recently um, on uh, race and, and history and things like that, that I, I just want to dig deeper into. So, um, but um, there's a hashtag trending on Twitter right now called publishing paid me. And really the idea behind it was that there was an author who decided that um, they've been hearing for long enough that uh, there's discrimination. Uh, discrepancies in what people get paid, and there are, and we're not diverse enough in the in the traditional publishing, uh, and so they decided I'm just going to put it out there how much money I made on my books for my advances. So when you're with a big press, you can get a wide range of advances on a book or books, and so this thing took off like wildfire, and now everybody not everybody, but a ton of people have added to the, to the hashtag. And now that data of, you know, what year did your book come out? Was it a debut? Was it a memoir? Was it fantasy? What is it? Science fiction, whatever it was. And are you cis male or, um, a BIPOC person of color and, um, or, you know, what, who are you in the world and what kind of an advance did you get for this book? And so they've, they're collecting this. And I think it goes, the data I saw went all the way back into the 90s. So again, it's this just huge gamut. So I don't know how meaningful the data will be when it gets crunched and you're going to, and people are going to have to be really thoughtful about how they take this data and look at it because to compare apples and apples and oranges and oranges, because it also contains things like um, the difference between first North American rights, or did you get world, did you sell full world rights or, um, did you get to keep your digital? And, you know, so there's all these nuances, but there's this huge spreadsheet. You can go out and see it. It's in the world now. It's on Google and it's under, um, that hashtag publishing paid me. So I'm interested. I'm watching this with, you know, in fascination, hope I, I'm hoping that there's something meaningful, some sort of meaningful, uh, way to crunch these numbers and figure out, you know, what does this data really say about the publishing industry? But I think for some people, it's just about transparency. So they really want, because, you know, we don't talk about what we get paid, right? Nobody does. Nobody That's, does, right? Th th there's two ways to look at that. One is that the people who pay you like it that way. Mm -hmm. yes, and it's do. become um, somehow gauche or rude to discuss even salary with right. co-workers. Right. Um, which is one place where I really believe there should be complete transparency. Right. Um, in in my business, there is. Well, you get paid, business. I mean, you get paid what Medicare or the insurance company says you get paid, and it doesn't matter who you are. Right. Now, if you're really good at playing the coding game and you want to pay a lot of attention to maximizing your codes, you can make more money, but it's it's totally blind. All they look at is an NPI number and a code, and that's what you get paid. So I understand 
transparency. There's not so much transparency in that I can see what some other surgeon is billing, but we all know what the billing codes are. Right, okay. And the billing code for your particular geographic area is pretty standard. Interesting. So there's there's no not a whole lot of mystery right. about it. Um, one of the things that, if anybody remembers the Stark Law passed way back in the 80s, um, when all doctors were obviously crooks and we had to be reined in, um, there are all kinds of strictures on what a hospital can pay a hired physician. And there are tables of what is considered fair market value in a particular area. And the hospitals are very, very cautious about sticking to those tables. Now, they can throw incentives, production incentives and things like that in there so you can boost your income. But in terms of what your salary is, that's going to be pretty much the same across the board based on geographic location, fair market value, and then some variables having to do with whether there's incentive clauses and other things thrown in. Gotcha. So I will be very interested if I can find this data. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't track well, it. Well, this is a, actually a Google Doc, and I can send you the link to I, it. I'd be interested to see how they try to crunch that data how they do the statistical analysis on that, right, and whether they can even do it. Again. Because, again, we're talking different companies. We're talking mm -hmm. subjective values of, oh, we think this book is going to sell this much. And there are hundreds of famous, massive advances that the publisher lost scads of money on. There are also the, oh, well, we're only going to advance you this, and all of a sudden the book takes off. and Right. You know. Well, and the royalty structures aren't listed on this thing or any of that. So it's just advances right now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. I think the idea behind it was to try and force some transparency. And, and I would be in favor of all yeah. of that. I would love to see transparency in the royalty structure. Mm -hmm. I think the advance is much more subjective. Right. The advance is how much... How many books do we think we're going to sell? Right. And that's a an editor or, or publisher's judgment of right. the value of the book. I think royalty structure is a whole lot more objective when you start looking at what should the royalties be for a first-time author versus a proven bestseller author. Mm. I can understand yeah. there being differences there. But the, those are, that's the fixed value. That's the one we need to look at, and that's the not one what not, the advance yeah, is. That's the one we're not seeing right now. But who knows what will happen with this? It'll be interesting to watch. So, well, if you're trying to break this down, this data down by some implicit—I don't want to use the word—but bias toward certain classes versus others, that's what you need. That's the fixed value. That's right. where the money is. The royalty, the 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 advance is nice. Right. But where the money is, well, is the royalty structure and the right structure. And those right. are the things that... Because not every book sells out. Not every book pays out. Some go to remainder, some, you know, and some just take off. And, you know, so, it, yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch this and, and kind of see what happens next. Let's watch, right, as Mr. Schober would say. 
Um, so I guess that that's going to wrap it up for us, but um, uh, that's about all I have about you. I have only a plea to those readers out there. Remember, we're here. We may, may not be able to go shake your hand and talk to you about the books, but go online, buy our books. It, it, it is a joy when someone comes up to me and says, hey, I read your book. I liked it. Yeah, and, and you know, do us a favor and leave reviews because- we, Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you loved it, if, if, you, if you only kind of liked it, 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 it I'm going to say if you wanted to throw it at the wall, maybe not leave a review. Um, but, you know, if, if you didn't hate it, you know, give us a shout out, liked it. All you have to do is post the two words or three words. I liked this. I liked this book. I liked it. Um, give us a few stars, you know, just give any old review will do. Reviews are the way that we get listed by Amazon. Amazon pays attention to how many reviews right. you have. Um, it's, it's the way that we can get attention on the indie books sites by having good reviews. So uh, please leave us a review. Even on Goodreads, uh, it gives people a reason to take a look at us. So if, if you are interested in reading reviews of books, and a lot of people actually do like to read the re I'm going to put in a plug for a, a person I know quite well. His name is Garvin Anders. He has his own blog site called Frigid Reads. He reads voluminously and for the last four or five years has reviewed a lot of my books, Sharon's book, at least Healer's Legacy, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of science fiction and fantasy. He also does history, military fiction, military uh, books in general. Um, he's an excellent reviewer, and I'm putting in a plug for him now. Go to his site, read his stuff, and then buy the books he reviews, because he will tell you up front if this is worth reading. So it's frigid. called Frigid Reads. Okay. And also visit the bcbookclub.com site and um, maybe sign up for the book club. Uh, the Brick Cave podcast is a 2020 Brick Cave Media um, all rights reserved. For more information on Brick Cave Media, visit the organization's website at https all the things brickcavemedia.com the brick cave membership community is called the bc book club and you can join at bcbookclub.com engineered and any little editing of this podcast will be done by mr bob nelson and thanks for listening and thank you <laughs>